When you partner with Axon, you immediately gain access to a full range of products and solutions designed to meet the complex needs of today's grower. We carry all major brands and sizes of tires and wheels. We specialize in large diameter wheels for large equipment. We have one of the largest OEM replacement wheel inventories in North America. Known for extreme flotation setups, duals, and triples, we have wheels for all makes and models of tractors, sprayers, combines, and grain carts. If we don't have the wheel in stock, we'll custom build, sandblast, and paint in-house. There isn't a more vast inventory in North America dedicated to helping dealers move more iron. With facilities on the West Coast and in the heart of the Midwest, leverage our 230,000 square feet of indoor inventory to solve any problem a grower may have. Move more iron with Axon. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast. This edition of the Moving Iron Podcast is brought to you by these great sponsors. Axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving. Imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment. To find more or become an Axon dealer, please visit axontire.com. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, Ag Direct can help you finance it. You can even apply online to agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving iron in the 21st century. Hardworking people working hard for you and me. Moving iron time and time again. Through the years you'll find us here. Moving Iron. Hello and welcome to Moving Iron Podcast number 1000. It's a big one. We got, we flew in some special talent all the way in from Australia. We flew in. He just airdropped. We, uh, we, uh, we, ex- we took the travel budget for the Moving Iron Podcast and blew it all on, on one guy. Tim Short here is actually, actually with us so tim man welcome to the show yeah thanks guys it's a pleasure to be here right on great to have you man all right let's take care of some business here first axon tires been helping dealers move iron for the past 100 years for more information go to axontire.com axon tires got a couple great gifts for all the loyal moving iron podcast listeners if you're interested in getting a free uh light like a flashlight all right so you can see in the dark and then if you want a ball cap too get one of those send an email MarkingAxonTire.com. You should send one and see if they'll send one to Australia. Yeah, I will. I will. It would be kind of cool if they did that. Because yeah. I don't know how flashlight works in Australia. Is it different than, than it, it is? just shines <laughs> out the back? <laughs> it like, works exactly. Turn it backwards to make it shine <laughs> forward. So, I mean, how does it work? It makes it works exactly darker. the same. Same way? Okay. All right. But down might be <laughs> off and up might be on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right on. So if you want that, send an email to market.axontire.com and they'll send you one in the mail. Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. We'll call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs at Valley Transportation. Our goal is to help you reach yours. Powered by Farm Credit, AgDirect is built for today's agriculture with simple applications, quick responses, competitive rates, and generous, flexible terms. AgDirect offers lease, buy, and refinance options for almost all types of new and used equipment. Non-recourse and timely funding back to the dealership, plus sales incentives. No other ag equipment lender works like AgDirect. Learn more by calling your AgDirect territory manager or 800 I'm sorry, not 800, 888-525-9805 or visit us at agdirect.com. TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's Iron Comps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and optimal pricing insights. Lastly, this podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. Their dealer connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and help transform how you work Today, all right, time. Wow, that was a good one. That was a good one. Got worked up a little sweat there. Got Burn a, through them, baby. Got a little lather going Woo! through that one. So Tim, Tim was uh, actually in the United States, and he wanted to come by. You were in Nebraska to start with, yeah. On the uh, other end of the state. Um, so there's two parts of Nebraska. There's eastern side, and then there's the western side that people forget about. So he made it his way out to the western side of, of Nebraska to see what's going on. So, man, what have you been up to since we talked to you last? Oh, gee, it's been a while since we've spoken. It's last. been a little bit. But, uh, yeah. yeah, things are uh, things are starting to change. Our market's sort of winding. With, I'm noticing a bit of a wind back in our market. Uh-huh. Um, it's not as red hot as what it was, but not yeah. as was talking to you and i think you guys are probably saying the same thing oh yeah uh, up here so and i think is it pretty is it still is it market-wide or is it spotty is there still some things no kind of- it's pretty much market-wide okay. it's pretty much market-wide um yeah yeah it's it's tempering yeah see and i would say ours right now the the extremely super high end has lost that What's that term you give it? Love and feeling? No. No, there's not that. No, not that. <clears throat> not, uh, not that. I know it. that's in the back of my uh, F-14 Tomcat. <laughs> but uh, my Rio. Uh, scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. That's what it is. That luster is, is dimming. Dimming quickly. Yeah. And what I have said from the get-go being in the trenches all the time turds are still turds and they're even more so that now all that stuff in the middle hot 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 Mm -hmm. especially the tractor that's always been hot the double market gap 15 to sure 15 to four yeah yeah Yeah, Yeah. that's that that and i we were talking about some stuff earlier in a on a thing I put together, um, some data pulled together, but it was, if you look at that chart where the biggest bulk of tractors, especially are falling into that two fifty dollars to $150,000 range, which would be that it's hard to say that hard to believe that, a uh, 2,500 hour tractor is $150,000 tractor anymore. But right. I mean, as you're, as you're looking at what's going on in the marketplace, that's a very, statics position right now and, and what we're looking at so i mean tim when you're looking at your marketplace 
it's a different kind of thing. Like you don't you don't get a lot yeah. of three hundred hour tractors coming in. No, we're very yeah. very rarely. And like I've said yeah. before, we had a tractor on the lot with three hundred hours, and the first question they'd be asking is, "What's wrong with it? Yeah. What's what's going on? I want to know some history about this." Right. So more so, our really red hot. We've had some Magnum tractors that have been traded at uh, like just sub one thousand hours, mm-hmm. and they're gone like that. Yeah. Um, our scarcity is probably going to take a little while to wear off compared to you guys because there's six or eight weeks shipping. Sure. So it's going to be delayed. I guess the other thing that we have too is you guys are opposite to us in terms of weather. So you guys are, from from what I hear, is you guys are going into a La Nina or there's a La Nina forecast for you guys. Yeah. I need to go into El Nino. Oh, sorry, yeah. El Nino. That's right. Yeah, I've got right. it around the wrong way. So we're going into um we're going into an El Nino phase is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. So um people are probably getting a little nervous about, you know, it's drying up and it's mm-hmm. gonna be and that really affects our market because like I've said before, when it's dry in Australia, it's dry. Yeah. And that market switches off like that as well. Right. So um and we've had we've had a dry start to the year. Yeah. Um However, in saying that, uh, if it's going to be dry, this is probably the time it needs to be dry. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see what happens weather-wise in the next six weeks. That'll be the telltale sign. Because you're you're in fall right now, right? We just started fall. Just started fall. Yeah. 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 So because it's, it's different. Right. We're right. upside right. down. It's different. <laughs> so, so it's upside down. It's, they, have, they have a metric weather pattern. And we, we are an imperial. <laughs> it's way different. Way different when you're when you're looking at um. So you have a little bit of cotton, right? Yeah, a little bit of cotton, a little bit of wheat. Yeah, a little bit of everything. You know? Probably more so small grains and cotton. Grains, but we okay. still we're still right. classed as a major cotton producing valley. Okay, in the country. What are what are some of the the trend lines you're seeing on? Let's start, let's go start with with the small grain equipment. You're looking at combines, looking at heads, and those kind of things. Are you seeing um, any divergence from say like a you know, thirty-five foot head to like a forty-foot head or anything like that. Where you're seeing no, the marketplace? Yeah, probably slightly. Um, one thing we we made the convergence a long time ago to forty foot, and the reason right. we went to forty foot is because it, it equates to twelve meters. A lot okay. of guys have got twelve meter um, twelve meter gear, and that is um, works really well for tram lining mm-hmm. or um, controlled traffic because that's a big thing in Australia, right. compaction and all that sort yep. of stuff. Um, so. But what, what I'm starting to see is a little bit of uh, guys shifting up to 45-foot fronts okay. um, and also to MacDonald have got the 50-foot front, Deer's got mm-hmm. the 50-foot front. So it'll be interesting to see if it changes at the combine end or it changes at the other end because 50-foot with 120-foot spray, like 40-foot works really well with 120-foot sprayer. Sure. Right. Three passes, but where does 50-foot fit into that? Sure, yeah. So... Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that um, how that plays out. So, combine size wise is, is uh, what's the class size? That's is so it six, seven, eight. Is it, that we've gone to class eight. Okay. So probably six or eight years ago, it was predominantly class seven, mm-hmm. and we've now picked up to class eight. And that's pretty familiar. It's about the same. So question. yeah, yeah, no. yeah. You'd struggle to get a class buy a new class six machine in Australia. Yeah. Oh yeah. So and even yeah. to the point where some dealers don't carry class seven machines because 
um, their eighty two fifties in KSH and seven eighties mm-hmm. in in John Deere, and and even we don't sell many class nines. And the and the reason we don't sell too many class nines is because we don't have a front yet big enough to get right. the capacity out of a class nine. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Because our crops yield. Well, there so are them less. sixty foot heads over there. Yeah, there is. <laughs> yeah, there is. Um, but you don't see too many of them. Right. You don't see too many of them. Right. So yeah. So from playing equipment on the small green side, when you're looking at your air drills and box drills and all those kind of things that you're using. Have you seen a divergence from that where you're looking at more? Have they gotten bigger? I mean, work. We I don't want to say that sixty foot air drills over here are anything new, but they're getting to be more and more sixty foot air drills out there on the used marketplace than there was maybe even two three years ago. You seen something similar? Oh, uh, so we're not we're not at, at my dealership. We're not huge on tillage equipment, um, and a, and a lot of the guys stick with those multiples of forty. Mm-hmm. And the further north you go from my dealership, there's guys into sixty, eighty. Gotcha. Um, yeah, gotcha. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So no, I haven't yeah. noticed a, a, a huge shift to any size. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they just usually stick with. Is spacing changed at all? Not really. So spacing's there's no standardized spacing. Um, okay. it depends on where you are. Mm-hmm. Like guys who are running a lot of sheep might will be on narrower spacings because they want to um, plant a cover crop like lucerne or alfalfa, mm-hmm. rye, those sorts of things. Sure. Um, Same clover thing does. Yeah, he does that a lot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and it can be thirteen and a third inch spacings, which is uh, to the it, it works out to the meter. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it really depends on what the guys wanted to do. Right on. Okay. So, so when you're looking at, um, tractor horsepower ranges, are you seeing any real big changes there? Are you seeing bigger horsepower four-wheel drives coming in or are you yeah. seeing more real crop stuff? Yeah. No, we're seeing bigger four-wheel drive tractors because we've got the overlap of the, you can buy a 400 Steiger or you can buy a 400 sure. Magnum. Yeah. Um, so guys are more inclined to go for a 400 Magnum than what they are 400 Steiger because right. they can do more with that because right. the Steiger is really still just a pulling tractor, mm-hmm. a tillage tractor, right. whether a row crop Magnum at 400 horsepower, it's yeah. got the three-point hitch on the rear. Um, yeah, you can do a lot more with that compared to a Steiger. So what used to be 400 horsepower is the starting point. Now we're probably starting to see 450 and 500 yeah. is the starting point of the four-wheel drive market. So yeah. and up to six hundred. I'd say that's. Oh yeah, yeah that mirrors us. We're doing cool yeah. Too, so yep. <clears throat> Especially see like with, with companies like Fent when they've got the you know four and five hundred horsepower row crop tractor, you're starting to see a lot more of those mm. bigger horsepower tractors start to play into that row crop spacing just because of what you said. I mean, so much more what you can do with those machines. Um, our nimble company. utility. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I worked with it. Work one of my the customer I have in. in the same deal. I mean, we went from a sort of a, a 420 horsepower four wheel drive to a 410 horsepower two track row crop tractor. And, yeah, and it it was a again versatility start was what played into that, and and also pricing played played in that as well too. So yeah, you do a lot more stuff with that with that one tractor than you can the other one. So yeah, when you're looking at um your uh, we call it our our loader tractor marketplace. That 150 horsepower to 200 horsepower range stuff. What are you seeing there, and how's that 
in different is there any real difference no it hasn't about? really it hasn't really changed yeah um what's uh, availability look like on the market for that? mixed is it mixed okay. it, it's mixed it yeah. really depends because we get our um maxim tractors out of uh uk okay. so shipping's probably not quite as challenging coming out of the out of the us um but yeah there hasn't really been much change that that's still a market that anything above 100 horsepower and it's got a lot of it Mm-hmm. up to that 150 or even um 195 200 it's out the gate yeah so it's a really sought after market and i think because the way i explain it in, is that whether you're a big farmer or you're a small farmer you've got a use for right. that tractor um it's your big tractor or your little tractor correct but it fits yeah. everybody yeah that's right yeah so you'd mentioned that you aren't in your area you're not real big on tillage is it no till that you're doing or strip till or what, what do you no it's probably more so we're not big on tillage as a as a as a branch oh, okay. or as okay. a, as a dealer group we don't sell a lot of tillage equipment okay. and tillage equipment doesn't change hands a lot yeah. um in australia um and the reason being is because tillage gear can be modified so easily sure like yeah. you can change spacings on things and yeah mm-hmm. yeah so we talked about the again the last five podcasts we've done we've talked about the whole upgrade kit thing and, and retrofit kits and precision guy, you know, precision ag um, add on stuff like that. You've been a case dealership and uh, precision stuff on planters and stuff like that are, are from the factory that way. When you're looking at how is the upgrade planter thing, is it, is it made its way to Australia where you really seeing a lot of movement in that? No, not really. No. Do you see it? Do you see it coming to anybody as to people asking about that kind of stuff? Yes and no. It's not as big as what it is here because we don't. We simply don't have the row crop population. Sure. Yeah. So um, a lot of our guys are happy to take whatever you can get from factory. They'll take it. Mm-hmm. There'll be the odd guy that'll that'll tweak it to suit their needs. Right. But they're few and far between. So yeah, which makes sense if you're not chasing king corn. Right? Yeah, yeah, you know that's, right. that's what drives yeah. all that planter stuff. Mm, mm. That's true. Yeah, that's yeah. True. So when you're looking at like air seeders and stuff like that. Do you have? Now you're looking at different companies, like what's the name of that company that we have that, that, that you can put that system on it, and, and it basically makes individual row um, uh, blockage. Um, it'll come to me in a minute. Not precision planting. No, it'll come to me in a minute. It'll come to me after I, we turn off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's companies like that out there where you can put on that. Um, individual blockage on each individual unit you know you can block off various units throughout the thing are you seeing any technology like that that's coming through yeah there's a there's a bit of that there is a bit of that and then that's um mainly local suppliers are are doing that sort of stuff so the reason i'm asking this question is because you know in the u.s we have trading something every year to get something new with some are some growers that's not a out of the ordinary thing i i would think it's in a market like yours where you run a tractor for seven or eight thousand hours and you might put Lord knows how many hectares on a on an air seeder and those kind of things where that that upgradable technology would be more, I guess more feasible. More feasible and more people would be looking at it. Yeah. I mean like the guys, depending on what the guys are doing, sometimes they'll keep that tillage gear for them might keep it for 10 years before yeah. they flip it. Like we very rarely see guys flipping the, the time they'll flip it is if they've changed their operation. Like sure. they want to go wider yeah. or they want to go narrow or they right. want to change their row spacing and they can't 
yeah. configure that with a machine. Um, so, yeah. 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 I think that's the uh, same with us when it comes to tillage. I mean, if someone's trading in a piece of tillage equipment, it's usually... I mean, they've, they've got to get out of, you know what I mean? They, Typically. They're mm. at a point where they either need to put new bearings or a new disc or something like on, and they've done it a couple of times, so they're... Or they're yeah. jumping a yeah. size. And yeah. they, if they're, they're jumping a size. Well, that's 30 the, to 35. Mm. Right. So one thing we sell a lot of, and we've sold a lot this year, um, because tillage has come back into vogue, um, especially um, we've, we've in certain areas we've got a resistance problem, mm -hmm. um, is we sell the K-line speed tillers. Now, you guys get them in the US branded as KSIH speed tillers, um, and we've sold a lot of those, and we've also traded a couple of those machines and sold them, um, and there have been guys who've traded and gone for a bigger size. So, yeah. Yeah, so they've got they've got some uh, they've got some options out there when we're looking at um, some of your short lines that you carry. Um, what are some of the short lines that you were say, you know, five years ago? Because I feel the feel, and the reason I'm asking this question when I look at short lines, there are a lot of fads that come out of short lines. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. tillage, there's always a the guy that's got the brand new whatever that you can vertical do whatever you like know that. with and yeah it seems like that when you're looking at your overall um your short line stuff is there anything new that's that showed up in australia that that wasn't there five years ago um i guess one that comes to mind is um is woods okay. so woods do a lot of um slashing um mm -hmm. equipment um, that's pretty much what we get in Australia, but yeah, Woods is um, Woods is a real competitor to Schulte. You yep. get Schulte um, here, right? Um, so that's something that has showed up, and it's um, yeah, it's gathering momentum. So yeah, yeah. yeah. When you're uh, so kind of as you kind of take a look at the rest of 23, I'm looking at 23, thinking that we'll see. Uh, I don't, I don't foresee like a huge correction by any means. That there's going to be some big you know, drop off of a cliff anywhere, but it's just going to be gradual kind of erosion. I talk about the scarcity premium thing where you, you, you know, as more machines come out of the factory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're going to start Valid. seeing more and more kind of op options that pop up. So supply and demand are going to be, you know, those, those, those rules are going to start, you know, kind of flipping around a little bit. I would guess that if I'm looking at it in the 23 and the 24, you've got to be looking at it 25, 26, just because of the, the delay yeah. kind of coming out and what that looks like. Well, we're starting to see a little just bit of freeing delays. up. But yeah, yeah. And, and, and what I've been told is shipping is starting to free up a lot and also mm -hmm. to the um, uh, apparently the cost of shipping has come down. We, haven't, s we haven't seen that, um, but uh, it's coming apparently. Yeah. Um, so It's yeah. amazing how long it takes from the, the time that you – they contract that stuff so they actually oh, like, you, yeah. like you hear about oh yeah you know price of fertilizer is down and then you go type the fire down anymore than it was last yeah. year. Right. Yeah. It's when they contracted it and everything else would come into play. So it's a it's a, a definitely a a big move. And shipping delays when I'm talking shipping delays, I'm talking like getting it to the port and from the port on the ship to Australia. That's what I'm talking about shipping delays there. That's got it. That's had to have been real shipping. Yeah. Yeah. Ship, <laughs> ship on the ship. Yeah, it has been it has been really tough. And I guess yeah. one of the other things is too, um, in Australia, um, our ports are heavily unionized. Yeah. So we we had ships and there was equipment sitting on the docks 
and there was nothing happening. So um, we had a couple of instances um, where the National Farmers Federation had to step in and, and get things sorted. Otherwise, that was especially in Western Australia. So um, that's a challenge itself. So it gets to the country and then we wait X amount of weeks to get it off the port. Right. So, um, yeah. and I, I Double felt, whammy. Yeah, I felt for the guys because there's, there's really nothing you can do. So, right. yeah. And also, too, shipping companies, that also um, – so shipping companies, because the inefficiencies at our port, um, shipping companies were not inclined to send ships to Australia because they don't get paid when the ships are sitting off, right. oh, off yeah. the port. Yeah. So they want to be in, unload, and go again. Yep. And that just wasn't um, wasn't happening as quickly as it, it could have been. If it's sitting, they're not making money. That's right. exactly right. Exactly. So and then somebody found a hairball, and they had to send it to Tasmania. To go through the go through a <laughs> cleanliness port and then send it back. Well, we did. We did. We we had a couple of um we had a couple of machines um come in from uh, from Italy. We 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 sell the Merlo telehandlers, mm-hmm. and um, they found some stink bug in the telehandler, yeah. so they had to go back through customs and be fumigated. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a it was a bit of a nightmare. But yeah, yeah. I've said one thing to Australia one time. I don't remember what it was. It was a track tractor. Was it because they. They used a toothbrush in the yeah on the tracks. Yeah, you told me take a dermal tool and like the cracks and stuff. Oh, you had to get all the soil, get out. all the dough out. And yeah, I was like, I should have just sent a new pair of tracks. It would have been the it same been cheaper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was good times. <laughs> that was a lesson learned. There. So you you haven't done it since? No, I did. I macked on head one time. Yeah, and it was wicked clean all the way through, except for there was a. On the on the frame, there was a bar at the top that they didn't blow out, and there was like a I don't know, like a dirt in there or something. And they got they had to send it back through whatever to get it cleaned out. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean things like that. Good times. Mm-hmm. Good times. I remember that story from when I started in the wholesale, and I was like, "Ooh, I got a guy from Australia. Like it can never be clean enough." <laughs> no. Just so you know, <laughs> no. whatever yeah. you're thinking quadruple it i i started when i there shortly thereafter i pretty much if i was sending something overseas that had any kind of ground engaging at all so you tractor tires whatever it was i'd hire one of those um certified clean whatever cleaning people that would come through and they would clean it and if, if it didn't pass that then yeah. it was on them to get it clear yeah, 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 at yeah. the dock, right? The dock, they yeah. do it. Yeah, okay. So they lock a because I had a combine done that way. They'll do it at the port, like you sent something out of Baltimore or whatever. They'll clean it at the port, and then when they get done there, they'll send it. And if it doesn't make it through inspection, in it's on them. It's on them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you pay, you know, a hundred thousand dollars to get that done, but yeah, it's at least you have to pay a hundred thousand and one dollars when you come over there to do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a racket. Uh, it's what it is. That's what it is. Racket. But so, there wouldn't be many instances that you would send equipment to Australia because of our exchange rate. It yeah, exchange rate right now is what is what the big big limiting factor is. I think that's the way around the world. You look at anything, right? Yeah. So when you're, this is always my. I love asking this question to guys when when I talk to them and they're from another country. And they're and they're used to exporting, which anybody outside the United States is used to exporting. Right. So, um, to us, it's exciting. Yeah, to them, to it's, them just, it's business. It's every, day. <laughs> it's every day. So when you're 
what, what's that exchange rate? Where do you like to see the exchange rate at to really make you excited to go like, yeah, I'll, I'll jump through the hoops? One for one. Whoa. That was pr- yeah. pretty much, that's when we saw a real yeah. um, spike, one for one. Um, and that was back in 2012, yeah. 2013. Yeah, it was a big right. year. Yeah. Um, yep. There was guys um, imported uh, what we call in Australia grey machines from the US. Um, they imported that's funny, that's what we call them when they come to the <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, that's yours. <laughs> <laughs> So I think one of the things, one of the big things um, that's changed is high horsepower in Australia is tier two. High horsepower here oh, is yeah. tier four oh, and wow. final tier five. Yeah. So we don't have that restriction in Australia. So if our dollar was you one, get lots one, of calls for for export and high horsepower. No, not really. Not 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 from us. Um, and it's only going to be a matter. It's not going to be if it'll be when. I don't know because our market's not big enough. Like if someone like the Ukraine or South South um, Africa or South America change, then they're not going to be able to run two production lines to facilitate that T two engine. Right. Um, so we'll be we'll be stuck with um, T four yeah. or T five. So and that's a big that's a big deciding factor in that. I went to South Africa in 2014. I think that's when it was. Yeah. yeah. And I wasn't paying any attention. The guy I was with, he's like, hey, watch this. As he takes off and there's a 8345 RT or something like that. It was a track machine. And I got the video and you'll see this, see it take off and just the big puff of black smoke that comes out of the stack. Because at home, it gets, yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's it? clear. I'm like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah. look, watch, watch it. Watch it. And he goes, <laughs> big bill of black smoke. I'm like, man, they still get a roll coal over here and, yeah and uh hey look it's an 8400 uh rt <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's uh that that will be interesting to see and watch that how that works because we've done that before we've taken things and we've detiered them to send them to wherever you know we've done that but it's been uh the hoops that you got to jump through to make that happen and it all comes down to your ability to have um what your fuel quality looks like and how that yeah is, you know. yeah and and unfortunately Australia doesn't have its fuel quality is is poor compared to the rest of the world and I, in fact I was talking to a fuel supplier not that long ago and I asked the question why and it's because a lot of our fuel is um is refined in Asia and then it spends so long in a tank uh-huh. and then they put it in a ship and send it to Australia so sure. we don't we do very little refining in Australia mm-hmm. so by the time it gets to the fuel supplies there's also there's an element of water already in it right um so but the fuel supplies do the best to strain it out but on a world standard our diesel is quite poor mm-hmm. so it'd be and and I think that's why so back when I was selling um, John Deere equipment uh we had the first 8R tractors and they were tier four, mm-hmm. the final tier four. Um, and we had a lot of trouble with those tractors. And I think it's got a lot to do with the diesel that yeah. was being put into them. Oh, yeah. So because the particulate filters were being plugged and yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're doing more burns than what they should have. And yeah. yeah. So and it wasn't long after, and yeah, everyone can get tier um uh tier two. Yeah. Yeah, which is less less complex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. That's cool. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, mm. you'll watch a brand new tractor all off of black smoke out of it. Sort of thing. However, it's funny because when we get the tractors, especially our Steiger tractors, still have the bolt holes 
where the exhaust is oh, yeah. to bolt that big oh, oh, exhaust yeah. on, oh. and all of a sudden we've got this big plate with this tiny little exhaust bolted <laughs> to it. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and we also have the um, like the holes where they put the ad blue tanks and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, we still get those. Yeah, but there's just no tanks in there, so it's quite funny to yeah. to look at that. Yeah. Right on. So that's awesome. So when you're looking at, uh, are you really seeing anything different change about? You know the way the way you're equipping these tractors. Are you seeing more technology show up than you had in the past? Uh, there's probably slightly. There's probably <clears throat> a little more technology being put on the tractors um, compared to what there was. Um, you know, we're seeing guys going into implement steer and yeah. and all those sorts of things. Not right. huge, but there's a there's a small percentage of our of our market that are that are doing it, especially in row crop. Yeah. So, yeah, that's good. So yeah. you're seeing some the of the AFS Connect mag is probably taken off yeah it has big player yeah it has it has yeah yeah and it's a very user-friendly system as well like you can quite easily get in there and and and, and get your way around that so yeah, yeah. that's got to be as much as vast as area that you cover in the distance between farms and how things are probably that that yeah it does geolinking it, technology gotta be it helps However, the limiting factor mm-hmm. is mobile service coverage. Yeah, and our mobile. You, guys, you live in Nebraska too. <laughs> <laughs> Probably very similar because, yeah, it's yeah, it's not good. Yeah. So in the areas where they get good mobile service mm-hmm. area, it works really well. Um, and our service team can be proactive rather mm-hmm. than reactive. Yeah, right. And that helps with planning and scheduling sure. and all those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's, um, yeah. That's it's a pretty cool feeling when you can predict a problem to a customer. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. It makes it makes a big difference. It does. Do. But it also stops those things. You know, some guys are like, ah, it'll be right, I'll just keep hitting the oh, yeah. 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 And the next minute the tractor stops dead. Yeah. Yeah. So it prevents a lot of that. Yeah. It only flashes orange so long before yeah. it turns red. Yeah. yeah. That's and it. then you're done. And then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those sorts of things are you know, they're helping us. Yeah. So yeah. So looking at kind of kind of final thoughts here. So you look at 23, rest of 23, what are your thoughts about your market, your overall marketplace? Um, I think supply is going to get slightly better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it it's really going to hinge on what happens in the next probably six to eight weeks as to how the rest of our market's going to play okay. out. Because we're waiting for that um that autumn break, so to speak, sure. or that yeah. fall break is right. what you call it. Um, and that will once we get the rainfall, that will trigger the the planting season, mm-hmm. and then we go onwards and upwards from there. Um, depending on how much rain it goes, then we look for more rain in in June. Um, and then obviously, um, sometimes we can get really hot springs. Um, so it's going to depend on. We really like to see a good rain in August September, um, and if we can get that, it's yeah, it's 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 pretty well um, in the bag. Right on. So, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens. So, so we have Thanksgiving here the the fourth Thursday of November. You have your Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday of May. Is that how it works? <laughs> It'd be February. <laughs> right? What's Thanksgiving? <laughs> it's we don't have that in Australia. It's basically a day where you sit around and eat eat turkey, eat, eat turkey, watch and football. watch football. You'd be watching rugby. You know, be yeah, same, that's it. The same thing. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't have Thanksgiving, unfortunately. <laughs> So, 
Yeah. All right, man. Well, Tim, man, it's awesome having you here. This is this is really cool. I never thought we'd actually get a meet. I was the same. Yeah, it was. It's been awesome how it's worked out. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been been great to spend time with you guys and yeah, talk all things equipment. Yeah, it's been it's been really cool, and I I appreciate you. You know, listen, and all the way in Australia, it was kind of cool to get a get a message from a guy in Australia that was that listened to the show on a regular. And you've talked about quite a few people that listen to the show down there, so that's that's even. It's even more neat. Yeah, you're getting you're getting a uh, getting a following. So good. yeah, it's it's good. Right on. It's awesome. So mm. so today it's it's what Sunday. Global. It's Sunday, so it's what is it like Thursday in Australia right now? <laughs> no, it's Monday. Monday, Monday okay. afternoon. Monday afternoon. All right, man. Well, good deal. Well, Tim, like I said, I appreciate you being on. And Aaron, you got any? Last questions or anything? I don't. I don't. Thanks for thanks for coming, man. Yeah, no, super it's, cool. It's awesome. We got to hang out for the afternoon and fade sheep. Yeah, yeah. Come to from Australia, the land of sheep, to do sheep chores. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, been good. That's yeah. been good. It's been awesome. Awesome. That's a pleasure. Okay, Aaron. I just need you guys to come down to Australia. So you count me in next year. I'm mean, be down. I will. Or? I will. I will uh, that's a I lot will. of plane for me, man. I will. Uh, it's not that bad. I've always wanted to go to Australia, so I will I will figure out how to get to Australia. Well, naturally, I've always direly wanted to go there to see all the sheep, but oh you'd love it. You'd be in heaven. I know. So cool. Maybe you could so find a dingo. Huh? Maybe you could find a dingo. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, folks, I want to reach out to you. What's the best way to do that? Uh call me, text me, 308 760 1193 uh, email me aaron.fintel at movingironllc.com or on the social medias by my name, Aaron Fintel. Right Tim, what's the best way to get hold of you? The best way to get hold of me would be email, and it's uh, very simple. It's uh, tim, T-I-M, at 3rm.com.au. Right on. And in case you see more, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at movingironllc. You can uh, go to LinkedIn, the Moving Iron Podcast, and check out the video version of this over on the YouTube channel, which is the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check it out there. Go to uh, Moving Iron LLC for everything Moving Iron related and all the information for the Moving Iron Summit coming up here in Nashville, Tennessee, September 11th through the 12th or through the 13th. I almost cut a day short there. 11th through the 13th. So if you're interested <laughs> get some more information about that, you can send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. Or if you have a question you want me and Aaron to talk about, um, you want us to uh, banter back and forth on something, by all means, let her rip. Send me an email at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com, and I will make sure to get that out. Or you can hit me up, DM me on any of the social medias as well. So if you're interested in that, look forward to hearing from all of you. Um, Tim, like I said, man, it's really been really cool to see you dude it's really been, yeah, it's been, been awesome. a lot of a lot of fun here so yeah so with that i'm casey seymour with aaron fiddle and tim short smooth smart folks out axon started out of a passion for keeping agriculture moving imagine having 100 years of tire and wheel knowledge in your back pocket the next time you sell a piece of ag equipment to find more or become an axon dealer please visit axontire.com Valley Transportation has been hauling ag and construction equipment across the country for the past 33 years. Call Parker at 800-657-4910 for all your trucking needs. At Valley Transportation, our goal is to help you reach yours. No matter how you buy your ag equipment, whether it's from a dealer, an auction, or a private party, AgDirect can help you finance it. You can even apply online at agdirect.com. Learn more about your financing options at agdirect.com. 
TractorZoom has access to over $20 billion in heavy equipment sales data. TractorZoom's IronComps is the industry's trusted solution for transparent equipment values and auctionable pricing insights. This podcast is brought to you by Anvil AppWorks. The Dealer Connect CRMI app with integrated inventory management is an affordable Salesforce-based solution for your dealership. Create connected customer experience and transform how you work. Moving higher in the 21st century.